Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the Coriolis, a Third Horizon rules by Free League Publishing. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. Strong language, graphic scenes, and violence are likely on the menu. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your storyteller. And now, on to the show. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your storyteller, Storyteller Link, and uh, I have a fun and interesting game set for you this evening, and that is a game of Coriolis. We are playing the prophetess of Maraconda, and we are going to get started. And so we're going to go directly into introductions. And so to my right. Uh, hi, this is Alex playing Mahasin Toma, the uh, Metakurg, who is in favor of staving blood flow, whether it be noble or not. Hmm. And to his right. Hi, this is Ali and I play Galib Borkia. And I like numbers. I like numbers a whole lot. It does seem that way. At the end of the table. Hi, it's Miranda. I'm playing Gulbahar Mashai, and I am a resentful bureaucrat like we all are. Hi, me definitely, for sure. To Miranda's right. Hi, I'm Rena, and I'm playing Zai Morkos, a judicator, which essentially means that I'm the law in this town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, if you consider a massive space station simply a town, absolutely. I think that's a, that's a reasonable uh, assumption to make. And then last but most certainly not least. This is Morgan. I play Camille Karashi. I'm a hot-headed pilot, which, you know, shocking that I would want to play a smart-ass character. Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't have seen it coming myself. So we're going to raise the curtain or perhaps open the airlock, depending upon your perspective, on Gobahar. And our bureaucrat, resentful as they are, is walking through one of the many plaza decks of Coriolis that day, uh, likely coming back from another meeting, which simply could have been a message, which simply could have been something else entirely. The sheer audacity that someone would call you to a physical meeting is still broiling around inside your blood. It's been a very difficult week with your group. A couple of the employment opportunities that you had thought would continue your ambitious path upward have seemingly just shattered away, been totally useless, either not paying well enough or simply not in the realm of what you do. And it's on this um, sort of, well, frustrating day, you get another message added onto your... um, communicator. This message comes from a woman you've heard of, and that is saying something. Her name is Danae. She's a Zenithian. And why that matters to you is that Zenithians are, for your part, a huge part of the bureaucracy here, but she is also someone who is very, very well to do. And it's sort of a incoming ping that asks you to reach back out. Knowing that this may be, even if but a small step on the ladder, it's a rung I want to climb, I would hastily get back to them. Absolutely. So you reach out, use the communicator, pull up the menu itself, and then dial back. 
and uh, you hear a gentleman's voice pick up the phone. And I'm trying to reach Danae. Of course, Lady Danae will be with you shortly. I am Parnave. I am her personal secretary. One moment. You hear footsteps and you see uh, a little bit of a, a small feed of what looks like a, an interior gray sort of building. You see the view screen comes up and a, a woman in her mid-30s, well put together, has a beautiful long flowing dress on, beautiful gold and green jewelry. And she seems to take this communicator device from her secretary. And she nods deeply. Thank you for taking our call. I have been made aware that your, you and your group are here working on Coriolis currently, yes? Uh, yes, that's correct. I have a very urgent piece of business. If you would be so kind as to collect them and come to my estate, I have something that uh, I am hoping that you'll be able to solve for me. Yes, of course, Lady Denny. I'm sure... It's of the utmost importance, and I, I will swiftly gather them. Excellent. If you will give me a gathering spot, my driver will pick all of you up and deliver you to the estate. Of course. She hangs up without another but, word. As in the middle of saying, like, <laughs> like, praise be to the icon, right. she's already hung up. Yep. <laughs> she, you can tell that she was being um, very, very curt. Uh, not in a not in a way that uh, was was meant to be offensive, obviously, but you you can tell too that she's under some some stress. Yeah, no time for butt kissing there. No, does not seem to to be. You get a uh, another message, a location ping, just a moment or two later, that would give you an ability to click and reply when you're in position to deliver your location to their driver. It's basically a message that says, "Hey, tell me where you are, and I'll come pick you up." So I would set out right away to gather up the usual suspects. The usual suspects. Mm -hmm. So speaking of the usual suspects, the rest of the group, whether they say hole up together or not, isn't necessarily on some of the upper floors. You, you probably have a, we'll say a, a lower spire sort of, sort of market level place. And it's probably tucked between some buildings where it's in an apartment block. But many of you for ease of convenience and for finances probably stay in uh, some very close quarters. The door opens to the main living room area and you can kind of feel the bureaucrat step through the door. And for your part, Miranda, you step into the same type of place the team always seems to find themselves in. And everyone seems to be either sleeping in or doing their own thing. Here we are. Here we go again. We can't mess this up. I have a job for everyone. If you could, you know, rouse yourselves in a timely manner. I didn't know you were that interested. We don't have time for this, Zai. Oh, I always have time for you, darling. Zai says, just putting their weapons away. Very important business. Mm-hmm. Everything's important business for you. You really need to add more to your language to distinguish between types of important because you always say important. It's really hard to tell what's actually important. Well, it really just deals with who you're dealing with, and I deal with a lot of important people in my line of work. Someone like you should understand that. And the longer we're talking, the less walking we're doing. 
Zai winks at the others and marks on the wall with their tally of how many times important has been said. We're running out of wall space. It, it, neither here nor in. Neither here nor there. Uh, the, the Lady Danae, you probably have heard of them before, uh, has has called for us. Uh, if there's a job, she didn't say what, but it sounded very uh, urgent. She hung up the, the call before I could even get out a, a praise bee. Someone hung up on you? Shocking. Well, it's because it was very important. Tick on the wall. Well, far be it for the details to stand between uh, us and your ambition. I will stand up and uh, straighten my jacket. Adjudicator Morcos, will you be requiring science services for this? I'm assuming probably. We usually end up with things or rather people falling apart whenever we go on these missions, so we will probably need you to put them back together again. Noted. I will gather my bag and my gear. I will switch out from my leisure wear to my field medic attire. I will take my sweet time. It's, it's less about being aggravating, probably, and more about being thorough. At least that's the, the mental space you couched in. Always thorough. So where is our hot-headed pilot? And what are they doing? Sitting in the same room, I just kind of roll my eyes. I already have my flight suit on, because I always have my flight suit on, even if we don't have a ship. Because, <laughs> you know, someday. I just kind of sigh and get up. I- I guess if we have to go see somebody, we can, but I'm not changing clothes. Well, that's fine, I guess. Just whatever's the quickest. I doubt they expect much from you, so Uh what you're wearing is probably you'll find. Okay, boss. Lead the way. So I suppose then will will all of you be heading out with your... um, Did we we decide on Golby as the nickname? Not the one that Golby wants to have. But it's what we call her, them, anyway. On the way out, I will uh, very casually spray Camille with a deodorizer and disinfectant, as I don't know the last time they washed that flight suit. It has been a uh, point of contention with you and, and them before. Really? Do I I smell my armpits? Do I smell that bad? I mean, I washed it like the suit like three months ago. You smell lovely now. Do you shower with it on as well? I do. <laughs> oh, so I only shower every three months. Is that okay? Oh, so that was the last time you showered. Oh, okay. I thought maybe that was the last time you washed it, but you've showered with it on since then, so it was okay. Will we have time to stop at the chapel before we proceed to this meeting? Did you need to get some prayers out? I just kind of look in stunned silence. I mean, you could do them on the way. In the car? Or however we're traveling. The icons are everywhere. I feel like they hear us best in the chapel. If we must, but let's make it quick. Of course, they understand. Why don't we meet with her ladyship first, and then we'll go to the chapel when we know what our mission is, so we can more specifically petition the icons in our favor. That sounds like a great idea. I'll nod quietly. Tally-ho. So, uh, Golby, are you then going to um, initiate the uh, message to lay the drop coordinates for you? Yes, I will do that. So it doesn't take the uh, vehicle very long to arrive outside, uh, or at least near the domicile that you've all been using. You can tell from the um, automatic doors that the driver is not interested in giving you any sort of additional respect. (laughs) The doors 
open and then an automated message says, please step carefully into the vehicle. This repeats. Yeah, Golby will will just be straight for the door, getting in. I suppose we step carefully into the vehicle. So the vehicle, once the uh, passenger compartment has its necessary people, the compartment closes and then you'd pick up on a slight pressurization change as it begins to move towards the estates. Mahasan, it's probably most noticeable for you. You can kind of smell the trace amounts of antiseptic that are being kind of moved around in the air filters here. So I smell money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the vehicle's interior spells that pretty well. But what you think that you're getting probably over the 10 to 15 minute journey, you ascertain that you're also getting screened for like toxicology and you're getting hit with, you know, multiple different types of um, professional antiseptics. You know, uh, Judicator Morcos, if uh, there there are occasionally non-noble people who are in need of our assistance from time to time. Oh, I'm fully aware. I go where I'm called, and currently our beloved Gulby has been in contact with a lot of very, dare I say, important people. I wrinkle my nose. I understand. I don't turn away anyone who asks for help. Just in this case, sometimes you get summoned. When you get summoned, you gotta go. So, the vehicle begins to ascend, and this is a rather strange feeling. You begin to ascend to all the way up to the 96th floor. And this is one that's generally dominated by a very large sort of lake. It's a man-made lake, something the Zenithians have put together. Their money and their power has sort of given them the opportunity to remake this level of Coriolis Station into something which is fairly breathtaking. You get a beautiful look at the 96 for about 15 to 20 seconds. And then the driver swoops back down to the 95th level directly below it and begins to sort his way through some of the estates there. So you all know that whomever this Lady Danae is, those of you who are not familiar with her already, uh, you'd know that she's pretty well off. They stop outside the estate and the vehicle opens and it requests that you carefully exit. Now, even though Gulbahar got in first, they would try to push their way to also be the first one out. <laughs> Listen, one at a time, one at a time. Gosh, like, who do you think you are? Well, sh- she contacted me, and I should lead the way. Gulby, is that is that your shoe untied? Step I don't, around them. How many times have I need to ask you not to? You can address me as Golbahar, or I would even go by my my last name, Mashai. But yeah, while not- they're saying that, I'm getting off. Understood. Uh, is uh, is Galib with us? Yeah, I would imagine so. So I will. I'm I'm trying to be mindful of. Uh, their, I guess their stress level. So I will probably allow them to get out before I do just to 
get a feel for whether or not they're feeling uneasy or tense or concerned about uh, what we're go- where we're going or what we're doing. They are definitely tense. The fingers that they have are gripping their portable computer pretty hard. It's never been something comfortable with being summoned. That's for sure. Buck up, kid. No one's going to execute you today, I think. And their eyes go incredibly wide. All right. So the estate itself is fairly well manicured. They actually have shrubbery here. And there's even some slight vestiges of a green space, which to some of you is a little shocking, given the kind of totality of the um, urbanification of the lower levels. This includes, again, shrubs, but also a very small tree that you can see on the estate. And I use estate in a very uh, estate, meaning they have like a a postcard lawn uh, in our terms, right? (laughs) But uh, here on Coriolis, that is uh, a significant uh, level of status. And uh, a gentleman in a long flowing robe walks out to meet you as you make your way up. He bows gracefully. Thank you for attending us so quickly. Of course, of, of course. I, mean, I knew it was important. Indeed. Will you be taking us to the Lady Danae then? Absolutely. He waits till the rest of the group kind of makes their way up. I am Parneev, Lady Danae's personal assistant. We are all welcomed into her home. Please be respectful of the lady and her property. Of course, of course. He turns around. Uh, he's purposeful when he moves. So that's one thing that you notice about him. You pick up very well. He's very reserved. He looks very distinguished, but um, he has a slightly elongated face. Most of you would probably pick up on his eyes. They're silvered, and the metacurge in the party would uh, pretty clearly make them out as replacements. Is there any uh, iconography in the residence or any indication of worship or spirituality? Oh, absolutely. Um, You see a lot of figurines perched on their toes, and that kind of gives you a fairly well tip that um, the lady likely uh, worships the the dancer very closely. You move inside the structure. It is um, a luxury estate, and so you have all of the trappings of well-made goods. Uh, There's broad rooms that have the uh, space The air is sweet. There's a bit of jasmine in it as well. The lady who you saw in your message, uh, Lady Danae, a slender, rather noble figure uh, with a slightly painted face and a richly embroidered robe comes out. She greets you all with a very slight bow. She, with just the slightest movement of her hand, kind of gives a regard to Parnev and he moves towards the back of the room. Thank you all for coming. Thank you for the invitation. I return the bow, but just a fraction lower, as is proper. Recently, I came to acquire a very important artifact of Altanian history. She begins walking deeper into the home, sort of expecting you to to follow her on this journey. And as I did... I came to know its purpose. It's a rare artifact, 
was a statue, long considered lost, which was unexpectedly offered to me. The prophetess of Maraconda. Its legends say that this statue, this artifact, has the innate ability to cause people to dream when they sleep near it. I have been searching for our Altanian artifacts for a very long time, and have managed to acquire a few. This piece was stolen from me very recently. I need it back. Stolen by who? Do you know who stole it? No, my dear. If I knew who stole it, I would have them arrested. Who else do you know that would know of this object and its properties? Going into police mode, essentially. Well, I do know that... I know the person I purchased it from. They're an art dealer. They're a middleman, as one might say. In Spring Plaza, Sharik Sabak. I know that he keeps a shop in the plaza. And he contacted me. And I had a trusted contact verify the piece was what he presupposed. And then we agreed... We arranged an agreement for purchase. You see another woman come into the room. She is relatively slight compared to the Lady Danae. Older, small, sort of narrow set eyes. She's a bit roundish. She wears a uh, traditional Altanian kind of colorful ensemble, harem pants and embroidered cap. She has a relatively bright face and the lady extends an arm towards her. This is uh, Maziri Babur. She is a friend and uh, antique dealer. A pleasure. Thank you. Um, I can help you with some of the more technical details if you were um, to take up a lady's uh, important task. Well, of, of course. I, of, of course we are. I would step forward and they would say those technical details would be very helpful for me to look into. I don't suppose we know anything about the original owner of this item before it came into the collection of this so the seller that you worked with? I am not certain of the details, the lady says, but certainly Sabag would know where they acquired it from. You hear the art dealer, Miziri, speak up. The statue is about 32 centimeters high. There's a base about eight and a half centimeters in diameter. The lady stops walking at this point, and you're in a separate, smaller room. The lady says, this was the room it was stolen from. No. No one outside of myself and Nazir had access to it. It didn't get to my collection room as we were setting it here to make space for it properly in my art collection. And when was it stolen? Yesterday, Sabah brought the piece to the estate here. And so, at some point, late last night, they broke into the estate and stole it. What security measures did you have to protect the piece, and were they disabled in any way? You must understand, of course, Parnay did his best to keep the building secure. All of our normal security measures were in place, as far as I am aware. Uh, but there is an access panel there, should you choose to do any additional inspections, Judicator. 
Do you have any reason to believe that your dealer, the one who sold you this, would be intending to defraud you, selling you a piece and stealing it, keeping the money and the piece? Or would their reputation prevent some something of that sort? Hmm. I don't believe so. Sabag has never given me such issues before. Mirzi the art dealer says, I have not worked with the gentleman personally, but I have heard his name in art circles. I know that his shop location is supposedly in this archaeology alley near the plaza. It is a place thick with art and all sorts of trade matters. Very well, thank you. And I'll move over towards the panel that she pointed out and look at Galib, just sort of nod my head towards it, like, come on, we got work to do. With the adjudicator's permission, and of course that of the owner of this domicile, I would like an opportunity to further inspect the room. How many others have been through here? Just the three of us. And now you. Would you and uh, whoever else has come through this room be willing to provide me with a biological sample so that I can compare it with any findings that I have? Parnev gets very noisy all of a sudden. Cough rumbles up. Well, we, we would not be okay with uh, any samples of the lady, but I would be happy to give you one of myself. And should the... Should Mirzi permit it, perhaps her, but uh, the lady is beyond reproach in this matter. Of course. Uh, I will begin uh, deploying my chemistry kit or my portable lab. Understood. So adjudicator and data virtuoso as you step over to the panel you can give us our first roll and so that roll is going to be wits and data gin so it should be eight dice and sixes are the only success right that is correct they're all i care about that's a whole pile of nothing fantastic and so it is at this point then in our first role, I would like to ask whether or not you would seek the benefit of your icon and attempt to re-roll for some sort of success. I would definitely be praying to the icon. Okay. Yeah. You tap a few buttons, you get your your gear out, your sort of security tablet, you start tapping away at things and you've you've connected to it and, and suddenly the panel you have is starting to go dead and you're, you're worried that you might have gotten a polarity cross here and all of a sudden you might be taking down the system and that's, that's not what you want. The merchant wouldn't want that. No, and their hands are shaking in the process of this, so they take a couple of heavy, shuddering breaths and, and tries again. Understood. Oh, that's much better. Three successes. Okay, so three successes is a critical success. And so you notice a couple of things. Uh, This takes about five or so minutes to go through for you. But during that time, what you notice is something fairly savvy. It looks like a pretty sophisticated program. A data mem was launched on this system late at night. And it basically, in a series of somewhat complex and effective moves silenced security in certain hallways, including cameras and doors, to allow access. The entirety of this process 
lasted no more than, say, 90 seconds. But it is super sophisticated and was evidently very successful. Uh, This is a a highly advanced program, a variant of one that is used by the syndicate and uh, some of those circles. I'll convey that information to our adjudicator, albeit there's a little bit of a stutter over a few words in their voice, just making sure that they're not found at fault. Calm down, Galib. Deep breaths. We practice this. All right. So no ordinary thief then that rules out a large number of suspects. Just going through my mental Rolodex, so to speak, of the kinds of like art thieves and so on I'd be keeping an eye on normally anyway. Hmm. Gonna have to figure out who'd have access to this kind of tech. Good job, Khalid. So your chemistry kit, um, you, you get your station set up in a few, in a, in a few, it takes you a couple minutes. So once it's going, the personal secretary is basically the first to give you any sort of cell sample. And uh, after a few minutes, the art dealer here gives theirs over as well. I take them with a smile. Uh, and then you're going to attempt to... I'm going to dust the room. Dust the room? Okay. So yeah, so why don't we say Wits Metacurgy? Sure. I guess the portable lab bonus would apply here, right? Yep. But that would be one success. Okay. So after a sweep of the room, you don't notice anything out of the ordinary as far as the, the surfaces, the rails, and that sort of stuff. You pick up their same sort of cell samples in and around this pedestal where they likely had the statue waiting. But you do pick up trace amounts of a third biological residue here. Some cells which are neither the two people you have sampled. As the judge's realm is that of justice and due punishment, uh, the judge will not necessarily commit a thief. So I I would like to make some appeals. Okay. And in what way will you be appealing? I'm going to ask the judge to provide me with the insight necessary to further understand this shadow presence, this mystery. Yeah, go go for it. I will take that darkness point. Two more successes. Okay, so the critical on the metacurgy then is going to give away a couple of things. Um, This is a this is a sample from a non what you can fairly well ascertain as a non Zenithian. So that is someone of what you would know as a, someone likely is of the lower decks. And two, uh, the cell sample appears to be within the past, say, six hours. So it narrows it down that it's likely not the servant. It's likely not the lady. And it's, I mean, it, it could be the art dealer that's in front of you, but the cells don't necessarily match up. And you also get a residue of sulfur it picks up in the scanner that there's some sort of sulfur that's on this group of cells once the testing is kind of done i will put all of the necessary information into my uh, whatever my you know portable database is uh, and i'll be closing up my kit i will give a knowing glance to zai but i'm not going to say anything and i will just kind of eye the door as I pack up. We'll need some time to deduce these findings. Okay. Fair enough. 
Golby, what are you doing during this time? Are you engaging the lady at all? Uh, Golby would be more concerned that they don't mess this up. So Golby would probably be like moving about the room, (laughs) pretending to supervise what everyone else is doing. And then when it looks like things are about uh, wrapped up, I would say, well, then, um, does that, does everyone have what they need here? We good, everyone? You don't have any other questions to be asking, Colby? Well, it's clear that the lady didn't do this. No. But do you think it was an inside job? Maybe. Oh. If you're looking for someone to investigate, Pazji is the person you should be looking at. She sort of says with a, a veil of disrespect, sort of contempt of rolls off her tongue when she mentions this person. Where could we find this person? Have you recently had some disagreements with them or? <laughs> Pazji Castanades is a very long-term business rival. Hmm. So our adjudicator can make a cultural. So that would be in this specific one. Even though they don't have culture, that's okay. I I have culture, though. You do. Both of you can roll it. Okay, so... So for you, it's going to be wits. Nothing. Okay. And then for Golby, that's wits and culture. Yeah, that was one, two, three, four successes. Uh, Yeah, you know exactly who this is, and you're not necessarily very happy that they're being name-dropped here. Oh, okay. Because it is going to create a slight issue for you. So, Pazji is a collector of sorts. He's another Zenithian collector. And as far as the food chain goes, from the powers that be here, he's a little higher up here than Lady Danae. And he's older and likely has what we would say standing mm. in the in the hegemony. And that means that politically for you, he's very dangerous to interact with because if something goes bad, if someone whose reputation puts a thumb on the scale, it could prove concerning. Yeah, we'll have to tread lightly there. Well, tread lightly or not, it, the simple fact of the matter is, is that he's always been after every piece, everything that I have ever collected, that I've won rightfully either at auction or I've had people search this beautiful horizon for. He's always, always trying to get his way into my pockets. Oh, of, of, of course, of course, Lady Danae. I, I, I don't mean that we won't ad- address the issue. What I mean is that we may have to... Uh, he obviously didn't come here and rob you himself. He likely hired some underling and we'll have to possibly go that route seek them out get the information out of them that's all that i mean understood madame uh mirzi steps over and says he has visited me before lord paz she has visited me oh and what doings did you have he is a collector an avid one of these artifacts mm-hmm. and did he inquire about about this specific artifact or merely similar ones? Similar ones. We have we've not spoken in regards to the, the Prophetess artifact. 
Is there a way that he would know it was here? I would assume that um, any lord would have a series of or network of informants or information gatherers, whichever you would like to call, that they uh, would rely on to keep them abreast of important information. Ah, but but you have no knowledge of him knowing that this item was here or him seeking it out. Oh no, 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 no! I uh, I have never spoken with uh, such people who might work for him. They have never come to me. Can I lie detector that, Mike? <laughs> you can. Uh, okay. So that that is uh, definitely something that you can do. I think that's a manipulation plus two. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Three plus two. And then manipulation is wits, right? Uh, manipulation is wits and... But do I just roll? No, 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 no. You'd roll. It's it's entry plus skill. And so there, for this specific information, there is a two die penalty. Okay. So then it just cancels out my lie detector, essentially. Basically. Okay. Roll my handful of dice. Uh, two successes. You're not certain that Mirzi is being entirely accurate with her statement. She's seeming to use a lot of vague language. And there is concern in your mind that creeps up with her ability to be sort of yes, no with you about this. That does concern you. Is there a place that we could contact you if, if we think of more questions? You specifically, do you have a... a place out of which you do business or oh absolutely absolutely uh you could always reach me at my business and so okay we may be following up with you oh of course absolutely yes um i have a shop that you could reach me at she gives you the location for it yeah i just i don't want to press her here uh in front of the lady but maybe a good source of information if we hit a dead end. Yeah, and she's, the antique dealer here for you is slightly suspicious given that she's given that she's, and you're not the sort of person to always say this, but, or think this, but you're you're also um, <clears throat> as we all know, a little disgruntled um, and so you might look at her a little bit closer because she's a firstborn, she's not a Zenithian, and so she could potentially be a little suspect. No, yeah. But after you're, you're, you're done, the lady says, I have some um, official business to get to. And so I will expect a, um, an update today, yes? Absolutely. Wonderful. Then I will have uh, Arnav show you out. The uh, personal secretary sort of comes over and does a very um, nod and smile sort of, it's time to get out of the lady's house. So I, I do have one question, though. I do have one rather important question. During this whole time, 10 minutes pass by. Camille, what are you doing? I'm sticking close to Zai and, and watching everything they are doing because they're the adjudicator. So, and just, you know, kind of keeping an eye on things. I do have a weapon with me um, in case something goes awry, but um, just mainly watching and observing. Why don't you give me an observation roll? I cannot do that. I'd like to pray to the gambler, please. Understood. And what will you be beseeching the gambler for today? To give me luck to observe anything going on in the area that the others may not have seen or, you know, heard or caught wind of. Certainly. I got one. 
The one thing you tend to notice here is that Madame Mirzi, this art dealer, she's a little nervous. It's hard to put a finger on specifically what, but when she moves, like when she goes to give her sample to your Medicurge, to, to Toma, she's very quick about her movements. And she sort of dips in and dips out as necessary. And you can tell that her hands maybe are just a little sweaty. Um, As we are walking out, I, you know, am walking slightly behind Zai, but, you know, enough that they can hear me and just lean over and, and say to them, she knows and kind of points at the madam. And she knows more than she's letting on. She looked very nervous giving her sample. You all exit the estate uh, and you're now on the 95th level without a, a ride anywhere. So you'll have to um, kind of choose where you want to go next. Before you do, though, I would like a wits observation roll from everybody. Okay. That'll be nothing for me. That's one success for me. Two successes for me. Two from Hassan. All right. Four for Galib. Oh, my. Love paranoia. <laughs> Galib, you notice something on one of these sort of boulevard. They're not, they're not obstructions, but they're, they're boulevard planters, right? That's how Posh 95 is. It has its own sort of green space amongst the, the thoroughfares here. You notice something that sort of glints just just out of the corner of your eye. And you can tell that this planter is fairly close to the estate. And that looks interesting to you. They will go ahead and point out that planter and also walk over to it to kind of look it over. Okay. You step over. There's light traffic here on the, the streets outside the estate, so it's reasonable that you could walk across the street without having to, to be too concerned. Uh, when you get closer, you see a sort of a reflective piece of paper there. It's got some sort of shining logo on it. It looks like a camel. Do I happen to know what logo this is? Yeah, you're fairly well aware of the logo. You've been in and out of some of the uh, bars and uh, cafes and some of the other eateries that are around. This is a... Uh, this is a, a camel. <laughs> this is the Silver Dramadon. I'll wave to the rest of the party to kind of usher them over so that they can see this as well. I'll trot over. It's fun to see Galib animated and excited about things. I saunter over. I'm imagining I saunter. That's fantastic. I always saunter unless I'm chasing someone. Right. So, uh... When you when you arrive to look at this planter, um, you notice something very interesting, uh, Mahas, and you notice that there's a matchbook here. Hmm. Spotted this all the way from across the street, huh? I didn't see that specifically, but look, and he'll point out the camel. Yeah, I'll, I'll put my gloves on. Okay, put your gloves on. I will. Uh, I'll extract the matchbook and hope it is not a bomb underneath it. <laughs> Nay, there is no bomb, but there is a matchbook for the Silver Dramadon. And there are matches that have been used. I will uh, hold it up in front of Zai. Relevant? Definitely relevant. Do we have things like evidence bags? Is that the kind of thing we would have in this setting? You would definitely have evidence bags. 
I bag it. Okay. It's definitely relevant in a place as well kept as this. Wouldn't just leave litter lying around. Certainly not matchbooks. Well, I did detect a non-Zenithian presence traversing that room within the past six hours, which potentially rules out many of the residents, at least as extra occupants in that room. There's also a noteworthy presence of sulfur, which will require additional analysis, but perhaps a, a hint as to where they might be from or the nature of their abilities. But I'm thinking that perhaps it's got more to do with the matches in this book. Thinking. Do I recognize the logo, Mike? The camel? Yeah. Yeah, you have been to the Silver Dramadon before. Probably once or twice in, in your... I mean, you've been stationed on Coriolis for a little while now. And so uh, it uh, it's in the uh, entertainment district. I think we'll have to pay a visit to a club at some point, but we should speak to our first suspect first. But uh, let's keep an eye out for any other markings of this sort. Good job. Looking around this um, looking around this area, can we see the estate from here? You can. It is a it's not too far. Again, it's across these it's across the street. Not only can you see the estate, but given the planter, if you were sort of the person who wanted to just hang out mm-hmm. and relax in a green space, this isn't a bad place to just sort of meld into the background. I think we might be standing in our uh, thief's casing spot. I'll, like, look around a little bit. Look around. I mean, there's car traffic, there's foot traffic, there's flying vehicle traffic. If you stood here long enough and maybe just knelt down by the planter, you'd probably just drift into the background for most people. They definitely knew what they were doing. Yes, well, that bears out what we found with the electronics, so experience. Definitely experience and money. Speaking of money, the sooner we get off this floor, the uh, happier I'll be. Quite. We've got other people to talk to. Okay, so where to next? Um, You could go to the Spring Plaza to speak with uh, Sharik Sabag, or you could go to the Silver Dramadon in hopes of tracking down whoever dropped this matchbook. I want to go talk to Sharik first. I vote for the Silver Dramadon. I could use a drink. We're busy, Camille. We got work to do first. Fine. Work hard, then party hard. But you gotta get the order right. Fine, fine. This is what I like about you, Zai. You've got your head in the game. All right. So we're gonna head to Spring Plaza, yes? Yes. So the ring tube takes you from the core to Spring Plaza one of the four large markets of the ring. Here, not only exotic goods are traded, but above all, ideas, music, and poetry. The traders here loudly praise artful goods from all systems of Verizon. And they sort of compete with poets reciting verses, musicians outdoing one another in the competition for a visitor's favor, as well as demagogues and prophets. There are numerous cafes and cantinas that surround this breathtakingly beautiful fountain in the middle of the plaza. So there's really no, what we would say, peace here. Discussions take place sort of at every watch. The only topics being argued about differ from establishment to establishment. There's this arc-shaped arcology alley 
that lies rimwards from Spring Plaza. So, uh, a complete miniature version of the promenade. And along your path, street hawkers compete with establishment shops, and every person you meet, you know, probably has a secret they'd like to sell you. Well, keep your eyes sharp, everyone. How long is the trip? Oh, it's probably 10 to 15 minutes. The tube rides aren't very long. They, they pulse people along pretty quickly. Sure. The reason I'm asking is because I would I would casually be using uh, my biomonitor on myself just because I probably haven't slept. And I, I like to keep track of the amount of uh, dopamine in my brain structures, particularly in my striatium, so that I know whether or not my judgment might be impaired. Yeah, if you want to metacurgy yourself, that's fine. I mean, all the kids are doing it. Uh, so that would be two successes. Yeah, you haven't you haven't really picked up anything that you can tell. Everything seems to be stable within your own vital functions and your own sort of personal bubble. Okay, then I will take a stim and move on with my day. Ah, uh, yes, that is not something you can do without others seeing. Obviously, and casual, sure. It's going to say a quick prayer to the faceless one, as the as they are the seeker, that we will find the information we need and be directed into the correct path. Good. Yeah, you kind of skipped over that whole let's go to a chapel afterwards, right, bureaucrat? Exactly. Well, you, you know, they get caught up in the moment, then they forget about it. I need to remember this in the future, not to fight them on it so much. So the shop is not hard to find. It's relatively small. It's kind of crammed all over with devotional articles. So this is the sort of wallpapering that goes on here in the plaza. And when someone can't get their message out above sort of the trumpeting and some of the more, um, we'll say, audio-intensive messaging that goes on down here. They sort of just lacquer the shops with their own devotional messages to whichever of the icons they really need to um, praise that day. It's interesting, though, at least for you, Zai, in the sense that this is sort of a hodgepodge. It's, It's sort of just the shop is sort of all over the place. There isn't really one theme here, and it's a little daunting for your brain to wrap itself around. I like things neat and orderly as much as possible, and this is just too much. Yeah, and I'd like Golby to give me a culture roll. Can do. That is two successes. Yeah, so the, the biggest thing that sort of pings in your brain as soon as you get in front of this shop is that a a priceless and rare artifact came out of this place? This looks like a hole in the wall. Yeah. Because I don't know what kind of dealing they're doing here, but this isn't the level... This isn't the kind of place that we would find this artifact usually. Oh, I'll, I'll uh, I'll keep my pistol at the ready then. I get really excited. Calm down there, hotshot. Perhaps that fact is exactly why we might find such a thing in a place such as this. Ah, the hidden gem, I mean. Think maybe someone didn't know what they had, pawned it off here? Or it's a counterfeit. Or it's a front. Could be a front. I don't think it would be faked. The lady seemed to know its abilities, so... No, I don't think it was faked, but it could be a front, or it could be someone didn't know its value when they sold it off here. But uh, the, the 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 art dealer was not being totally honest with us. 
No, and uh, we'll find some things out. Don't worry. Shall we? Lead the way, Judicator. Don't want to go in first, Scalby? Oh, I'll let the hammer do the talking this time. Hmm. Just a sorts, sort of a slightly derisive smirk. I have no patience with people who rush in first to good things and hang back when there might be danger. <laughs> so, when you enter the shop, first of all, it's not a very deep shop. So I would say it's no more, no more deep as far as the, the selling area is likely four to maybe five meters at most. And so you, you get just just the briefest look at some of the goods here um, before you hit the retail counter itself. And behind that counter is a first come in their 40s, give or so, flat nose, relatively evenly trimmed mustache. Uh, he wears a fez and a dark blue kerbin. And he sort of raises that face up, the face of all merchants we've seen a hundred times before. Upon entering, there's a small chime, and with it, the shopkeeper's smile widens. Good day, good day. Don't don't be shy. Please come in. Thank you for the invitation. Gesture for everyone else to follow me in. I'm happy to come in. Now let me bring my gang. Well, you know, gotta have my backup. And also gotta let the bureaucrat know, oh, it's it's fine. You'll be fine. Just come in. So uh, how can I help you today? Well, we're coming in to uh, learn about an artifact you sold recently. Oh, which which one? A very special artifact that you sold to a lady. Oh, a lady. That, that does shorten the list. I would imagine so. Well, what about it? It's turned up missing. Missing? He looks genuinely concerned. Yes, someone uh, decided it was better off in their hands instead of the ladies and made off with it, which I can assure you I don't approve of. <laughs> We're here to rectify the situation. We thought you might have some information or something that could help us. Her ladyship uh, pointed us in your direction. Oh, well, I, I'm simply the middleman for this this uh, situation. I, I don't know exactly where the statue came from. I, I followed the instructions. What instructions? I had instructions to contact Lady Danae and advise her that the statue would be available for purchase if she was interested. Her assistant said that she was. And so we came to an agreement. And just like any uh, art purchase, and it was sealed and then the statue was delivered. I delivered it myself just yesterday. Uh, yes, so we've been told, but uh, you were told specifically to speak to her? Uh, yes, absolutely. By whom? He looks around. You're going to ask me that here? Would you rather I ask you somewhere else? I don't know else you would ask me it, but perhaps you could be a little quiet about it. Oh, that's funny. That's very funny. Every business has their backers. That's no secret. Hmm? Investors? People that care? Yes. And there's nothing wrong with that, of course. But uh, in such a high-profile situation, you might say, you might have to put the interests of the law first. 
unless you want it to be known that things from your business tend to end up disappearing when they've been taken by their rightful owners. Hmm. I don't think you you as a law-abiding citizen would want such a thing, now would you? Why don't you make a empathy command roll? Oh dear. While this conversation's going on, I'm looking around to see whether or not this shop owner has what looks to be any sort of... Uh, I mean, obviously there's probably a register system of some kind where they make purchases and whatnot, but if there's anything that looks like a like a personal system or some sort of internal network here, something they would use for communication. Yeah, there's likely some sort of something behind the counter that they would use for um, communicating, you know, whether it be some sort of computer or uh, intercom system. So I got two successes. I would like to pray to the icon. Which icon is that? Uh, The faceless one. Yes. What would you like to pray to the faceless one? Uh, I would like the faceless one to guide me as I'm seeking some truth here and uh, help me find out from this man what he knows. So, and that makes three. Okay. He puts his hands up in sort of a passive gesture and says, all right, all right. As long as we're clear on one very important thing, I'm only telling you this because you want to see the best outcome possible. Of course. The statue and the instructions came from Zohar, Nekatra. And so when, when he says that name, you and Camille are immediately, immediately on edge. But whose name did you say? I, I said Zohar Nekatra. So what you two would know is that he is a sub-boss of the Izza. The Izza is a gang. And the Izza is fairly well known, that gang is fairly well known to you, Zai, as some pretty rough people. I just sort of nod slowly, toss a side eye at Camille. And, uh, my friend, why don't you offer any insight you may have as to why... Nekatra would be offering this to a lady. It's uh, highly unorthodox for their modus operandi, you might say. It's not usually how they do things. Well, uh, it isn't, but my guess is they were looking for a way to expand their method of, well, burr retention. Hmm? I mean... They didn't, they paid a fairly well price for it. Hmm? hmm. I suppose. I mean, 20,000 burr is nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> for us, anyway. But she was the only one you were to offer it to. No one else. Yes. The only one. And did you have any instructions for what to do if she chose not to? I was told to make it clear that I was certain it was a, it was the real thing. That she'd finally found something she wanted so badly. So they knew she was specifically looking for something like this? They must have. I mean, they came to me with it. Why you? Well, I... I have always been a, a fair deal, a fair trader. And several pieces I've sold have been inspected by dealers all over Coriolis. 
And you've done dealings with uh, this particular group before? No, 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 no. He shakes his hands back and forth. I don't deal with gangs. I don't deal with Yuza. Except when there's a pretty hefty commission in it for you. He smiles. Ten percent is worth it, yeah? How did they contact you? They came to me personally. They? Well, uh, Necator's men. I look around the shop. Are there surveillance monitors here? Uh, yep. I will nudge Zai and point up at the camera. Mind if we have a look at your surveillance tapes, my friend? Oh, the recordings. Oh, sure, sure. He spins the monitor up onto the counter, and he calls up uh, something from a few days ago. You see, here they are. This is me, yes? He seems really excited to show you through the the, the uh, footage. And here they come. Three of the men, yes. And they're explaining here that Nekatra wants me to communicate with the lady there. They hand me the package. And then you, you see you see a couple of the um, people that come to see this art dealer, this man you're in front of, Sabah. You see the man in back sort of put a pistol on the table and they have a very like direct one-on-one conversation and uh, you can hear Sabah sort of gulp in person, sort of in time with the footage and then he nods and then they nod and Sabah takes the package off the counter and he walks into the back room with it. <laughs> As you can see, they were they were pretty insistent. Uh, they, they really, really needed me to do something very, very specific. Negotiation does look particularly aggressive. Well, they're, they're a gang. What do you want? Do you ever open the parcel in front of the cameras? No, no. I, I opened it in the back room. I didn't want to open it on the floor here. Do I recognize any of the three guys or three individuals in the video? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, you have played uh, a few games of chance with a few of these gentlemen, and you also suddenly get the memory that you maybe owe a few thousand credits to the Izzet gang. Yeah. Yeah. Those those gentlemen are to be messed with. Those are those are his underlings, and they can be pretty nasty. Hmm. Well, nastiness doesn't put you above the law. So, did they tell you to open the package before sending it to the lady? No, they didn't have to tell me. So that was your own initiative, then? (laughs) I'm not going to just send a package up to Lady Danae, not inspected. That would be silly. How did you go about delivering it? Who handled the exchange? There was no exchange. I delivered it by hand. I walked up, I took the tube, and then walked to the estate. Can you describe the statue for me, please? Certainly. Well, uh, this statue is, um, what, maybe 30 or so centimeters high? Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a base, eight or so in diameter. It's a, it's a single piece of blue Legvardium, and there's a veiled woman whose head is encircled by an, an eight-rayed crown. Does that image strike any chords, any memories or, or imagery that we've seen before? 
Oh, the the technical details are something more. The um, the uh, Missouri, the, the art dealer, had talked about the eight raid crown makes you think that it's fairly era specific. So the ninth icon, your icon, did not appear until later. And so if this was fashioned during the era of eight icons, then perhaps one ray per icon. Fascinating. And what did he say it was made out of? Uh, A sort of basically a a big gemstone. It's a tongue twister of material, though it is uh, Lagavardium. Sure. I'm sure that, I I mean, my husband would probably know whether or not it was rare or what sort of element it was or unstable or radioactive or whatever. Yeah, no, um, it wouldn't be on the radioactive charts, but um, you would probably know that it's a sought after material, likely one that is of uh, in short supply. Is it common use in artifacts? Like, is it uh, is not, not uncommon use in artifacts? In Altanian artifacts, it's very common. They usually used it for their more uh, prized possessions. So that sort of fits the build, too. If, if you want to speak to uh, Nectra, Asamangos Cantina, you, you can find him there, if you dare. Thank you, you've been most helpful. I wish you joy with your business. Just, uh, perhaps, stay away from Nekatra as much as possible. <laughs> of course. He uh, gives a, a slight <laughs> nod and says, go, go with the merchant, may your pockets always be full. Praise be. We step back out of the shop and into the plaza district, so my question then is, uh, where would the group head next? It's smelling more and more like one way or another we're going to end up going into a lion's den. I really would prefer an opportunity to center myself appropriately before we move forward. I agree. To the temple? I suppose. A visit would be worthwhile. All right. So we will, not far off here, enter a temple area where uh, these chapels are depicted, of course, nine in a circle. And you are able to enter these sort of spaces where they have a chapel and then there are multiple doorways which lead to sort of quiet and protected spaces for you to seek the face of your icon. And so what I'll ask as we draw this session to a close is that each one of you give me the prayer or the idea that you would be seeking from your icon. What would you be beseeching them for? as this journey continues. Yes, uh, let me not be afraid to defend the weak because of the anger of the strong, nor afraid to defend the poor because of the anger of the rich, and to show me where hope and faith are needed and use me to bring them to those places. Uh, The messenger, guide me as I seek out truth and the purest of information, and I would end my prayer with don't shoot the messenger. Excellent. Colby's prayers to the messenger are kind some of necessary actions taken. I don't entirely possible violence trust sort. The, the icons as a faith. Interesting. Um, I pray to the gambler, obviously. Um, I ask, may my shooting be straight and lethal if necessary. Um, and may the group be protected by the luck from the gambler. Um, because I feel that we're going into a situation that there will okay and I pray to the faceless one 
May the hidden things be revealed and the way be shown and guide us to that which we can't see. Excellent. And I pray to the merchant for an abundance of information and a success on our mission. So I'm going to roll. Interesting. Very good. So I've rolled a six. So what I'm going to say is that the group, because of their earnest, mostly earnest, beseeching of their deities, is going to get one free re-roll without any sort of darkness point gained from the storyteller. But the freebie use has to be agreed upon by all members. And that is where I'll leave this episode. And so thank you for joining us on the Old Ways podcast for the uh, first installment of the Prophetess of Maraconda. And we will see you next time.